my name is Patrick. I'm joined by my very good friend Trey, and we are Amongst Friends. Hello. How are you this afternoon, bud? I'm not bad, man. Uh, air conditioning's out. Boy. Yeah, you were telling me. <laughs> it's you're, warm. You look surprisingly comfortable, though, given the fact that you're probably sweating. Because you know I don't sweat. You know, I'm like weird like that. And you remember that? Which is just a funny thing to drop, which uh, it's something I really, I take you at face value for that fact, even though, is that like, you're, you're a doctor, is that well, a science I'm, thing? Physiologically, you... it's uh, untenable, but uh, <laughs> like it's definitely a spectrum. Yeah, I do sweat, but I think it's just that uh, our mutual friend Trey has enough sweat for like all of us. Like those people that have those like pit, like the pit staining problem. There's probably fewer things in life that I'm more thankful not to suffer from. Right. Than having like pit sweat problems. I know. I know. It was just, it's just a very unfortunate thing. Granted, I suppose in the scheme of chronic diseases and so on, uh, having extra sweaty pits, it could be worse. I'll put it that way. That's true. Um, let's see here. So what is your topic for today? Well, you and I discussed this very briefly via text message, and it actually centers around a somewhat hot topic from this past week, which is the death of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And I texted you that of the many celebrity deaths this year, three off the top of my head, uh, that Muhammad Ali's is the one that had affected me the most. Uh, and your response, I wouldn't say your response surprised me, but um, you responded that you felt it, that Bowie and Prince's deaths had uh, had impacted you more. And I thought that could be a, a good subject for uh, for discussion. I agree. I think it would be an excellent one. You know, and I think this the this as a discussion topic for you and I, we haven't really gotten into into this. Stems from when Robin Williams died. I think we can even go that far back. Yes. Because I know that that affected you and Baby Trey pretty, or to some degree, whatever degree that, that you know we're talking about here, this spectrum, and it didn't impact me all that all that much. It didn't really impact you. No, no. I, you know, I, I think my response was essentially, you know, all men are mortal. So, so what you're saying is you're a monster. <laughs> I hope, that, this is I hope that's out. not the connotation I'm giving off. <laughs> and and uh, also, I guess it should also be said that um, that mutual friend of ours, Trey, is, it does go by Baby Trey, and that's not simply his sex handle or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be. I mean, we really well, can't speak true. to that. I, I'm not around him all the time. I don't know what he does with his time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Touche. When you but think, uh, yeah. well, I find that fascinating actually that um, that you weren't impacted because it, it very on point because I had not thought about that or rather I had forgotten of it because I distinctly remember hearing of Ron Williams's death and and I don't think I have been prior to that impacted by a, cel- a celebrity death but just like a notable figure's death. Well, besides Christopher Hitchens, I think, but there's something very like emotionally tied to the death of Robin Williams that was very much different than the death of a public intellectual whom you respect remotely. Um, so much of our childhood was tied up in, or at least my childhood, I should say. I don't know what monstrous childhood you're talking about where you don't care that Robin Williams died. <laughs> <Yeah>? So, <laughs> you know, I just want the record to know that Patrick Figures is a monster. <laughs> what, what is that, um, I guess, uh, 
psychological element called where you develop attachments to people you don't know. They talk about it a lot in social media. I don't know. Are you implying that I'm some sort of like psychological aberrancy? No, I'm not. What I'm uh, implying is that you know, with the deaths of people like Robin Williams, uh, Muhammad Ali, Prince, uh, David Bowie, you know, these are kind of the first deaths. You know, if you think about like the outreach from from Selena, you know, Selena when Selena died, sort of a famous instance of someone kind of capturing the national heart and national interest in that way, and we develop attachments to these individuals even though we don't know them because that's the heart of what we're talking about right we are personally affected by the passing of people uh that we do not know my lovely fiance to the rescue the term is referred to as parasocial relationships you know she Uh, could just butt out okay we're talking about (laughs) selena right now (laughs) and i don't want anyone coming in with their parasocial relationships the office door open for her to swoop in and (laughs) i know uh, now you need to put a credit that says guest starring uh, definitely uh putting on a clinic for why having notes open during you know doing the slightest 30 seconds worth of research prior to the conversation (laughs) may be (laughs) valuable first off for knowing the terms i'm trying to reference the uh but yeah so the 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 idea that these people can have a personal impact on us and you know influence our emotional state even in a minor sense is is very interesting yeah and when you think about i know muhammad ali for me is deeply personal because for him he communicated something to me and and i think he was probably the only hero Wow. that I can remember and think of like growing up in terms of okay. um, you know thinking of figures that had an impact on how I perceived the world. Um, Muhammad Ali had a very large impact on me. And why so? Um, I think growing up, being biracial, being um, in a military family, not having a lot of exposure to uh, just – racial elements in the larger society when you're in a military family you can get somewhat insulated from that because the military i think one of the the positive aspects of being a part of a military family is the military is somewhat of a melting pot you end up interacting with a lot of different people from different cultures and you're all unified by kind of being american especially if you're posted overseas which we were for seven years in germany and when i you know, came you know, back to the States and came of an age where I was sort of looking for people to help me define my identity. Mm-hmm. And something that I've struggled with even to this day in terms of being biracial and wanting to find people to help me identify what does it mean to be biracial and, and you know how do you exist in sort of this in-between place. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of just being black and identifying as black to a certain degree, Muhammad Ali uh, was uh, such a gr- a great representation for me in the sense that you know you're coming into your in your early teenage years mm-hmm. you're already looking for any excuse to be out of pocket and boisterous and loud and here comes this very not here comes he'd been around for many years but i become aware of this sort of um hyper confident individual who is you know at every turn you pull up these old videos and interviews he's very boisterous he's very in your face he's funny he's got a charisma about him i I really gravitated to that as a young man and and he became one of my very early 
I don't like the term hero necessarily, though it's the only word I can think of, but a, a character, an icon, a figure that I very much gravitated to and, and um, who helps kind of identify how I um, kind of perceive myself to a certain degree. Yeah. It's interesting to know. Um, what I think I, and we may have mentioned this in the first episode, is that what I really like about these conversations is that it's forced us to ask questions of one another and learn things about one another that we may not have generally talked about. I mean, I think we have a lot of deep conversations and so on, but it's kind of nice to come together and have like a pretty simple subject, you know, which deaths have impacted you the most. It can really give a lot of insight into who we are and specifically with your instance. I I find that fascinating. I would never have thought that not necessarily that you wouldn't have uh, idolized Muhammad Ali, but that you would have so few other, um, you know, quote unquote heroes. And is that more reflective of you as a person and whom you consider to be, you know, again, a hero? Or is it more reflective on are there just not that many um, powerful biracial or black heroes that resound in you, that yeah. resonate in you? There's definitely something something to be said, and uh, a theme that I've seen written a lot about this past week mm-hmm. is in how Muhammad Ali celebrated his blackness. You know, mm-hmm. he was when you think about a figure who is in front of people, who is popular, who has a measure of celebrity, and who is you can make kind of the reverse O.J. Simpson argument. Uh, there's a a, a uh, somewhat a popular for lack of a, a, a documentary getting some buzz right now that ESPN produced about O.J. Simpson. It's a multi-part documentary, and one of the critiques around O.J. Simpson is how he was a black man who came to prominence who seemed to, quote-unquote, like deny his blackness and shy away from his blackness. Whereas Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali, when getting to prominence, getting to the public stage, was one, a Muslim, Mm -hmm. which surprisingly we don't talk, you don't hear talked about in that way in this pop uh, you know, name the amount of um, you know pop culture, popular you know Muslim figures mm-hmm. in the past fifty years, and uh, he celebrated the the fact that he was black and and the, his black qualities and his stance on the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And to get to your point about um, just figures that we that we um, that speak to us. You know, David Bowie and Prince, the, what I see in common with all three of these people are people who, whose message seemed to transcend their medium. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, David, there are a lot of very strong David Bowie interviews and, and things written about him that show that David Bowie as a person was really trying to exude such a positive and individualized message. You know, David mm-hmm. Bowie in how he lived his life and... You know, his death brought up a lot of discussions about gender and gender identity and how, um, you know, David Bowie's music and the images of him changed throughout time. And then with Prince as well, you know, these are characters whose impact seemed to transcend the thing that they were known for. Right. And, and to talk about Muhammad Ali as a sports figure is almost limiting. You know, he was such a iconic figure in general during that time yes sports certainly but he was a racial figure he was a you know an american figure because of of his um how he brought prominence to 
or uh, not notoriety, but awareness to things that were going on in the U.S. to other countries and other areas. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I could I completely agree. And it's you know you wonder to what because there are plenty of people. I bet if we had to make a list, like you really just sat down. And you had to make a list of people who have, as you put it, transcended their medium. Uh, and I'm curious to know if that's enough. You know, if that if, if there is not something, some sort of X factor that's needed to have that kind of impact. Um, you know, because there, are, I feel like there are plenty of people whose messages will extend beyond what it is they define themselves as. But there are those unique individuals whose message and just persona, they become, again, these like cult of personalities that can't help but demand a following. Um, and I, I don't know what that is because I, I do agree with what you're saying. I just wonder if that's if that alone is enough to transcend your medium. Because you kind of, I mean... You see it in Hollywood very frequently, like plenty of people who do extend beyond what it is that they do, whether acting or directing and so on. But they're not considered on that level. Obviously, I haven't thought about it enough, but it, you bring up a good point. Who are people that you would think of right now um, that you think live outside of their medium? That live out. So, do you mean like, um, do you mean they are able to transcend their medium? Yeah, I don't mean to mix my metaphors there or mix my yeah. terminology. Hmm. Yeah, who transcend their their given medium? Well, the threat of dead air. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I would um, say, as I go off the top of my head, I think mm -hmm. Spike Lee is someone mm -hmm. um, that does that. Who is very you know active, mm -hmm. um, involved. Um, you certainly Bono from U2 yeah. seems to be someone who sting less so people I mean and I suppose what I should say is not one doesn't have to be politically active environmentally active etc to, to transcend their medium but again there's just that X factor interesting and now, as I talk about it too, I'm um, I'm thinking about this idea that these people stand for something, mm -hmm. and maybe that's what we're attracted to. That uh, I think, as a young man, something that appealed to me in my love of westerns and samurai mm -hmm. movies is people that seem to live by a code or to live sure. by sort of a, a foundational principles. And I've always found a I've always had a lot of respect for people that do that even if they live by a code or principles that I think are flawed or I disagree with sure. the fact that they are committed to them they're not capricious and I think we're talking about people Prince, mm -hmm. Bowie Muhammad Ali that stood for something right. and weren't shy about vocalizing their their beliefs at least in, in how I, I uh, remember Muhammad Ali um, there's been some other good articles written this week about how Muhammad Ali's even um, philosophies and views changed over time. His views on war changed sure. by the time the Iraq war came, um, you know, came into prominence. I think he was a, uh, 
maybe not a proponent of the Iraq War, but he took a very anti-war stance with the Vietnam War, and mm-hmm. I, I think uh, he backed away from that uh, that view. Yeah, which I think is also okay. (laughs) It's funny that I agree. I mean, I I think not only myself, yourself, culture in general, like really love someone who lives by a code um, and doesn't stray from those ideals, even when things are difficult. Obviously, when we see so much of the archetype of what a hero is based in that, but I also think it's important to to what you say in your second point is that we, whether or not it's okay, it's not wrong to change your mind. And, you know, I think one of the flaws people have of thinking of these, of idolizing these heroes, is that they represent what you the the consumer want them to represent as opposed to who they really are you know there's a famous thing like don't meet your heroes and so on because all of a sudden it contextualizes your idea of what they what you think they'd be and it's generally that doesn't fit and because they're changing people you know i mean how many things have we changed our minds on in a relatively short period of time and imagine how many like decades of time him to consider his decisions about war and whether or not you know its role in society i think it's important yeah i think there's a probably a separate dialogue about how poor a job we do in society and allowing for people's opinions and views to change and to evolve which is i mean you wouldn't expect someone you, you would be surprised if someone took a very um so if someone's views hadn't refined to, mm-hmm. to any degree on a right. subject over the course of years, now if someone flips completely, you'd, you'd certainly yeah. want there to be a good explanation and discussion yeah. for how that happened. But we, we rarely allow for um, for people to, to vacillate on an issue without intense scrutiny. Right. Kind of interesting. When I guess you, it stems from the thing that you said first, right, is that people want to live by a code, a set of ideals, and that – when you see someone who doesn't fit in with that initially, or at least presumptively doesn't, because you could make the argument that the person who is adapting still is living by the cut. I mean, like, who said that? And in fact, I would argue that characters, uh, you know, whether in all variety of media, movies, television, literature, characters who are unbending are generally either the villain or certainly an antihero. And the heroes, they have their code, their sense of ideals, but they're willing to see the complexity and, and context of what they're dealing with. Um, and, <laughs> and it doesn't seem to be the case a lot of times if you're trying to say, like, well, you know, my opinion is mine. And yeah, you just get tarn feathered. Interesting. That's a great point. Then what is it about – you mentioned earlier Robin Williams is the – Perhaps I just don't know enough about him outside of acting, but I don't associate Robin Williams with any sort of higher message or, or commitment sure. to life philosophy or yeah. code or principles. When you think about the loss that Robin Williams is passing, you know, had for you personally, what what comes to mind? I mean, I suppose, and this is also important. It doesn't have to be huge ideals, you know, that it doesn't have to be truth, honor, justice, etc. Like it can be as something as simple as what Ron Williams at least represented to me, which was 
a sort of gleeful innocence, an, an ability to look at the sadness of the world and laugh at it or, or make light of it um, and not just willy-nilly, um, although it maybe seemed like that at times, but there's something very powerful about being able to look at a terrible situation and find the good in it. Um, and I think that his career, essentially, especially when you read about his struggles with depression um, and substance abuse and relapse, you know, th he had demons. I think that's also a very powerful thing for people to realize is that you can be successful and have such dramatic struggles. But for him to have to struggle with these problems yet make it his goal to entertain and spread joy, I mean, that's, I don't know. I feel like that can't be discounted enough, even if it doesn't mean that he was out there fighting the crusade for capital M music or capital C comedy. Yeah. Do you think of, for you personally, do you have anyone else, any other characters like Robin Williams, um, David Bowie, Prince, that speak to you, that you think will really impact you when they, when they pass on? I certainly think that whether or not it's be for the same reasons... Um, a lot of my, I mean, music is an enormously important part of my life, and I think that the passing of core members of bands that I grew up liking, and that would include Metallica, that would include certainly Led Zeppelin as they age, um, the Rolling Stones, as these people begin to die. And not, you know, that's even still putting aside the real monumental figures like Bob Dylan and someone who actually do forward capital M music. Um, I, I think that what these band members represent in me, not only nostalgically, but also representative of my personal music taste, I think I will take that very personally. Um, simply just because of what they represent, not only, you know, again, just discounting their importance in the development of music in general. That would be very, very sad. Um, and I'm trying to think if... I, I don't think I have that connection. I'm, again, I'm trying to think. With, with currently living movie stars, um, but it may just not be coming to mind. Yeah, it... That's such a great point, and, and I think that's, to answer my own question, and the way you answered that with referencing, mm -hmm. you know, early in your development, you know, what influenced you, mm -hmm. I think anybody, any characters that influence us have the potential to have that impact on us. For sure. I almost feel like we trade what they give to us for a, an affection and a commitment to those Bands. One of my absolute favorite bands is um, right now is Thrice, and mm -hmm. they're a band I've been listening to for ten years. When you and I early mm -hmm. on in our friendship, they were a band I, I wanted to introduce you to. And Thrice was a band that opened that literally opened me up to my entire taste in music. You know, I started mm -hmm. with Thrice, and then everything was mm -hmm. almost like a, a continuation or derivation of that commitment. And I've been in incredibly 
committed and steadfast mm-hmm. in my support and love for their music and the band itself. Right. And I, I, think, I, I yeah. Yeah, and I think I would be incredibly impacted if they if something tragic happened to them and it would it it seems so strange to say it it would affect me personally. And right. that's always the part that seems strange right. to say. It's like well, even think about I it. I can't speak to exactly mm-hmm. why. Well, think about it. I mean, because now that we're saying it, as we kind of like walk down this path, is that, and, and this may sound cynical at first, but I don't think that it is truly, is that perhaps that's the selfish aspect of us because it's not so much the death of those people. It's the death of of something that, a part of you. You know, if you define yourself, I mean, ask most people how they define themselves and, you know, like, tell me about yourself. I mean, they may talk about work, they may talk about hobbies, they may talk about bands that they like, shows that they watch. I mean, people very much define themselves by the things that they do and consume um, and, you know, whether or not that's correct uh, or wrong is an entirely separate discussion. But nonetheless, I think that's extremely common um, amongst people. And so... When someone dies, say thrice, you know, that all the members of thrice died in some, you know, bus accident or something like that, I think it would just like if, if all the members of Metallica like died in a plane crash, I think that yes, it would be sad to mourn the loss of such talent uh, and monuments in their field. But like, I think I would be like, my God, that that was my adolescence. Yeah, that just died. And, uh, and that I think that's hard to come to grips with just like. Ron Williams, that was my childhood. Like the genie just died, you know. And you do even see that on Facebook and social media. Just that people would represent Robin Williams as his characters, as opposed to like Mrs. Doubtfire just died and so on. And um, well, that's not who died. <laughs> you know, the the right. portrayed them died, but to them, it's what he represented and and what those bands represents because how that's most people define themselves. And that's what I think I find interesting is what it says about us. Yeah. It has that impact. And that's what I'm trying to unlock. You know, why is it that we feel this way, that we we react in this way is, is um, and I hope it's not selfish. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it. I but think it's mixed. I said selfish, but again, like I hope I prefaced it enough to be like, it's mixed, right? You can have a selfish feeling. Like most most feelings are going to be selfish. and that's Or self-interested at the very least. Right, unless they're truly empathetic, unless you're truly feeling for, for someone else's family. But, I mean, I'll be honest, the death of, um, the death of Ron Williams, I, I certainly made that more selfish. I would say that the death of um, Prince made me very, I was very empathetic in his death. That yes, I was saddened by the loss of such a wonderful musician, but really, what I was so sad about was just him dying in an elevator. You know, just I mean, and sad. And his death, especially, you know, uh, I think his and Robin Williams's death have an added layer of tragedy to them. And uh, you know, with Prince's, we can talk about addiction, and you and I are both in the medical field, and we can talk. I, I forget what it was. Um, what drug he was taking or had an addiction or predilection for. No, so it was either hydrocodone or oxycodone. Yeah. And I think it was, there was a, it was a, a, an anesthesia, like a conscious sedation. Oh, um, fentanyl. Fentanyl. That's fentanyl right. What, yeah. So, which is a very potent narcotic. So the, um, just how, 
how tragic those deaths are because there's this feeling of leaving things on the table. Mm-hmm. Now, and you have to be careful when doing that because sometimes we can do that and and just sort of say, "Oh, what a waste of talent," and and right. not humanize. They didn't know us anything, <laughs> right? Right. Of course, they can do whatever they want, but for the most part, you can assume that these people did not, you know, Prince did not see his life ending in that way. And then with Robin Williams, you mentioned it before, you know, addiction, depression, just how sad those, you know, those deaths are. You know, with uh, Muhammad Ali, you hear that he was surrounded by his friends, his family, David Bowie, you know, the same thing that, you know, something that was somewhat expected. He knew that his uh, time was coming to an end. Doesn't have that added layer of just sort of the gut punch of, mm-hmm. of it's happening so suddenly. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's a shame. With, uh, with David Bowie, you haven't touched on the impact you know, he had on you, mm-hmm. when you think about he and Prince, you know, what are the things that speak to you or spoke to you about those deaths? I think it's just cre- they're the embodiment of creativity. I mean, you know, you've mentioned we're both in the medical field and the medical field doesn't leave a lot of room for creativity in general. And there are aspects of it that are very appealing, but in the end, I consider myself a very creative person. And, you know, analyzing that self-interested portion of me and why I worship these two heroes was because they define their lives by embracing that creativity and not seemingly not compromising about their artistic vision. And that is, that is so powerful as well because, and I think that's why people really can identify so much more easily with artists and musicians is because there's a physical, a literal representation of their vision, their ideals, as opposed to, say, like a Western hero or so on. Like, And even then, in, in movies and TV, there's the quest, right? Like, I am going to save this damsel in distress. That is my – that is the metaphor of my ideals. Like, I'm going to go do that this. That is a rep- – you can't consume that art right. can be consumed exactly. to some way where you you're internalizing it and it's it's there's a there's this impact moment right. Right. i've just listened to the album i've just been to the art show i've just right. you know consumed this art in some way watch this right. movie and see these people talk about it i think that that's what's also amazing i mean to go back and and watch interviews with pablo picasso and like hear him talk about his craft and how it's evolved and being able to visual like again look watch his style change um and that's exactly what you do you can look and see these two towering figures of music who came in had a vision and exercised it whether or not to critical acclaim or um popular acceptance it didn't matter because they felt so strongly this is what i needed to like it would be wrong not to do this and who gets to do that you know uh, we certainly don't um, and many people don't either so uh, i mean that certainly does it for me and you know putting and that's obviously making it very personal but it's nice to be to look at the activism, both in David Bowie with sexual acceptance and talking candidly and openly about substance abuse, uh, and with Prince, maybe, you know, obviously being a bit surreptitious with regards to his substance abuse, which is, I think, a shame. 
but certainly talking about gender, androgyny, um, open sort of open sexual culture, and also more importantly, fighting for the independence and power of the artist against Sony. I believe it's Sony, or is it EMG? I can't re- I can't recall who his contract dispute was with, but. I think that that's just as equally as important to to have someone who represented the artists in general. That's great. And I think it's, I wrote an article about this on Medium, mm-hmm. um, but about mentorship and you know, having heroes or these icons, people that you associate yourself with or identify with, not quite the same as mentorship as that level of, of growth. Um, personally, but it can serve to further that, you know, having these people that um, serve as mirrors for yourself where you you compare these traits that you admire against yourself and see where the elements of yourself or your own, where you've grown from those people or where you hope to grow from mm-hmm. the things that you respect and admire about those people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it cannot be, I rather cannot emphasize how important it is for me and I believe for others, but to have heroes, to have people, mentors and heroes, and there's a difference, like you say, um, people that can usher you through your progression as a human. And there are the ideals that are sort of the untouchables, and those are the, the Bowies, the Princes, the Muhammad Ali's. Um, and then there are those who are true mentors, which actually impact your life, actually know who you are and shepherd you through towards your ideal and what a perfect combination to have like this is what i hope to be and this is whom will help me get there yeah that's a great point well but i think that's a good stopping point for us today i agree appreciate everyone for listening in again there is no facebook there is no twitter there is no email account this is the only way to engage with us for now we appreciate you taking the time to listen in see you next time thank you all